Hello, RP people, and welcome back to another episode of Roleplaying as Smart People, the podcast where we pretend to know what we're talking about when it comes to all things tabletop. My name is Santa, and thanks for tuning in again. Joining me today, I have Tom... Sorry, I'm going to mispronounce this. Uh, Tomas Rioja. Did I do that right? Uh, Tomas Jimenez Rioja. Uh, but I have two surnames. Oh, okay. I wasn't too sure if that's a <laughs> Spanish <middle> people thing. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, uh, he's here to talk about his game. But as is tradition, I like to ask a couple questions first before we get into that. So, uh, how did you get into the tabletop hobby? Um, well, I uh, started doing all this uh, tabletop thing. Um, the moment I was, a friend of mine came up uh, after watching uh, Stranger Things, the series mm-hmm. from Netflix. And he was curious about this game, Dungeons and Dragons. And oh. I have played once before. I didn't have that much of a great experience with it. Uh, I was a player, and um, it was just one time. And <laughs> the moment that he uh, came up to me and said, "We should try this out," I said, "Okay, who is going to DM this?" And he just shrugged <laughs> and kept looking at me. So I grabbed the Dungeon guide, and I started rolling. And that game lasted for six whole years. Oh! Um, yeah, we ended last year, but we didn't end the campaign. We just had to drop it because uh, I just started running out of ideas. I had to apologize for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we got to 17th level, uh, so that's pretty far in the campaign. Oh, yeah. And yeah. As I kept uh, doing all those things, about two years in on the campaign, I started thinking, because I constantly was looking for new tips on how to DM mm-hmm. and how to do better at DMing, uh, because I think that is that DMing and GMing is like a sort of art that you can't perfect it. You just continually keep growing at it. And um, so I always uh, kept reading articles and listening to podcasts and watching videos. And by the time I started knowing a whole lot about it and I was confident that I was doing a great job at DMing, I started just writing articles of my own to grab all the knowledge I had and putting my own thoughts into it. I created a blog and that's when the Triviality website came to me and said, hey, do, would you like to work with us and start doing a weekly column? And of course, I said yes. I never expected to get there. <laughs> about four months into that, they told me, hey, we are going to write a book called Seas of Odaria, setting a seafaring adventure pirate um, sort of book. And I was all into it because I love Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, and that's how I started creating content for um, uh, TTRPGs. And nice. Like uh, two years into that, I started to think, hey, I have always only been playing Dungeons and Dragons. I'd like to know all the other things that there are out there. And that's how I started to expand. And now I mostly don't do much about D&D and I write, read, and do all sorts of things about all the other games in the TTRPG space. Oh, that's awesome. I, I love how so many people, like, they'll come in through D&D, but then they'll start expanding past that. So I, I got to ask, what was, what was 
outside of D&D, what was one of the first like uh games that really kind of drew you in? Um there are many. I have always liked the horror theme. Uh so I saw that one time um Critical Role, which was my main source of inspiration for everything, mm-hmm. uh, did like um Call of Cthulhu game. I have heard about Call of Cthulhu. Uh, so when they did this uh, let's play, uh, let's play or actual play, I think they are called. Um, I was very intrigued about the game. I really wanted to try it out, but it seemed like very confusing and uh, weird coming from D and D and going to that sort of game. Mm. So I found out that there was some another game, a simpler one called Dread, uh, which uses a uh, Jenga tower. Or Collapsing tower, however you want to call it. Yeah. And uh, I believe that is one of the best games if you want to try out horror and do it in a very easy uh, and rules light way. If you're trying to introduce people to the TTRPG space, Dread is one of your best alternatives and go to games, in my opinion. And I had like such a great time with that game that I started to. Expand it to other games like Call of Cthulhu, and uh, then I found out uh, that there was this game called The Wretched, uh, a solo journaling game that I really much like. Uh, well, there are many, but those are the ones that I started <laughs> with. That, that's actually super cool. I've I've heard of Dread. I haven't played that one in the Jenga. The Jenga, no, the Jenga concept has really kind of intrigued me quite a bit. I definitely recommend it, and I'm thinking of creating a game in the future with a Jenga tower because I just adore that mechanic. <laughs> yeah, it seems super cool. I actually, I'll have something to tell you a little later. I can't tell you on podcast, but I have some. Okay. Yeah, I have a fun thing for later. Uh, just because I'm not, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, uh, I'm curious. There, Oh, oh yeah, it, it, it'll be worth it. Um, so when you told me you were from Argentina, the first thing yeah. I thought of was, because I've had this kind of bouncing around in my head for a while, and I've talked to a few people with this, but what is what is the tabletop scene like in Argentina? Like, you don't, you always hear about, you know, the Western influence with D&D and all that kind of stuff, but you don't hear too much about how the hobby is and what the favorite games are within like different countries. So I'm really curious, what's the scene like in Argentina? Okay. So, uh, I can't talk much about that uh, whole aspect of how big Argentina is because I don't know that many people from here. I -hmm. know that there are many, I am in discord servers from Argentina and Latin America servers, uh, from people that uh, are trying to grow or are growing in the TTRPG space. Yeah. Uh, they have some great ideas that I definitely recommend checking out. But the whole uh, Global South um, w- section of the world uh, is like a very niche space in this sort of thing. Um, in Argentina, uh, specifically, at least in my city, uh, I have never heard about the whole TTRPG space until... Uh, a friend of mine uh, called me to start playing the first game that I played for D&D. I have just seen some uh, stereotypical game created by uh, um, 
a TV series or something like that, that it was extremely nerdy and you should never try it out or something <laughs> like that. But um, that was the whole thing about the indie. And well, as, as I started to know more about the game, I uh, found out that there are several um, Facebook groups or things like that in which people have always gathered to play this game. Um, it's still very small, mm -hmm. at least in my city, but I know that in big cities like Buenos Aires, the capital city from Argentina, uh, there are many places you can play in, and there's a lot of people that play online as well. Mm -hmm. oh, that's so, cool. uh, yeah, um, the, I know that most people still play D&D, &D, uh, but there are many that have tried uh, other TTRPGs and are curious to finding out more TTRPGs. Call of Cthulhu oh. has been another one that I've heard much about in here. Um, but yeah, I've always stayed with my little group of players and I have just recently got another new group of players uh, for my TTRPGs game I'm trying out. So I don't know many groups of people that play these mm -hmm. games. Oh, that's cool. A fun fact I actually learned about Call of Cthulhu, um, the RPG, is that that's actually the number one RPG in Japan. Yeah, I've heard about that too. It, that is really intriguing. I want to know more about the reason why. I am so uh, curious too. I need to find someone from there. If anyone knows anyone from Japan who wants to talk about the RPG scene, totally down. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, or if you know the reason why, just tag us on some social media because we want to know. Oh, yeah, so much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so anyways, let, let's start talking about, a, about your game. Now, your uh, game name hey. is What Is It That Lies Beyond the Immenseness of the Dark? Yeah, lengthy name. Yep. That's all that's all fine with me. So tell me a little bit about it. Okay, where should I start with this? Um what, well, what's, uh, what's the premise of the game? The premise of the game. Okay, this is like a storytelling collaboratory collaboratively or however you say it, <laughs> card <laughs> game uh, in which uh, two or more players I at the first time I thought that it could be uh, two to six players, but I have found out that you can totally do it with more players as well, even with one player. Um, you play this game by drawing cards from the deck. You read the test in there. And if there, well, I'll explain it from the very beginning again. Um, the game involves um, getting one of the cards, doing a mm -hmm. chanting uh, between all the players that you have. You try to coordinate uh, the saying out loud the name of the game in some sort of a ritualistic manner. Create some sort of, sort of mystic ritual thing. And once you have done that, uh, you read aloud the card that you have in hand, and it may have a coin drawn on them. If it does, you have to grab one of your coins, um, whichever, it's just a D2 that you need, and you flip it, and you get heads or tails. And depending on what you get, uh, you have to read out loud one of the two questions that appear on the card. I'll, I'll grab one just to put an example. Uh, how is the horror set to look like? Would be one of the questions that you get. Mm -hmm. And once you read this question out loud, uh, all the players have to decide an answer for the question. So you do some brainstorming in there, um, and you stop whenever you like. 
And the one that uh, got the card and flipped the coin had the final saying on the actual answer for the question. So, uh, yeah, uh, if I got that, I forgot which question I got. But um, if you get that question and you decide on one of the one answer, let's say uh, it's a monster that dwells in the dark because it's afraid of the light. I can't remember if that was a question. But you discard the card, and that's the final say on that specific question. And the game continues. uh, You pass around the deck. And all players do the chanting uh, all at once, get the card, flip the coin, and decide on the question. That's the whole um, gameplay loop. Yeah, because you're you're playing as, like, you're creating the monster in the... Exactly. Yeah, and I, I think... When you when you uh, mentioned that when we were talking beforehand, I thought to myself, I "Was like that is so cool because you always tend to play the heroes or you tend to play the the I guess the people who die, but you, no one ever really tries to approach it from okay, let's discuss as if we are not necessarily the monster, but we are the ones who are creating the monster." And I I absolutely love that idea. Yeah, and there is something else that I want to point out about what you were saying. Uh, it's not actually a monster that you're creating. You're creating a horror. And that's the, the big difference about that is that you can have the horror be whatever you like. It can be like a, a serial assassin. It can be like a, a person that has been driven insane by a Lovecraftian creature or a Lovecraftian creature, if you like. A monster, a thing that came from under the ground, an alien, anything you want. And the one of the principal things that uh, make this game stand out from other games is that it encourages you to go out to outside of your home and search for a spooky or mysterious place, uh, some place that you may found find curious or that maybe you found uh, or saw on your way back uh, from your work to your home, and you saw that abandoned building, that uh, church that was about to be demolished and is now standing there all alone. And that eeriness that comes from the place is what has you go with your friends, family, significant other, whatever, and grab the the game that is intentionally portable. Um, It's just a deck of cards and a coin that everyone has a coin at hand. And you just get the game, game out there and from your surroundings, you usually take inspiration while creating the horror. Oh, so that is you, so cool. I've... If you are playing on an, a church, for example, you may create some sort of angelic being or a creature that lives under a bridge if you are near a bridge, whatever you are seeing around you. Oh, so you, you've intentionally made it so you could... Like, let's say if you're going backpacking, you bring that deck along so you end up in... Exactly. Oh, that is actually a... Huh. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just... I think that that, that's... That's a really unique twist on... It's... I I guess he... Could you call it a tabletop game then? Because if you could play it on a wood log. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure about that. Uh, that's why I never uh, said this a tabletop role-playing game. It's like a collaboratively, collaboratively uh, storytelling card game. That's what I call it. Oh, that is uh, very, that is very, very intriguing. I'm like, this would even be good for 
people who are not necessarily even in like who play tabletop games this is yeah you you've created just like an amazing like an amazing game so well thank you (laughs) yeah i i can't wait to like see the project like um so out of curiosity are is this game is it going to be like a self-contained deck of cards like custom deck of cards or how is this um how does it work yeah it's a self-contained uh set of cards uh that you're going to receive i may create expansions for it in the future mostly around certain themes like if you want to create a horror specifically about aliens or something like that i may create like 10 extra cards for that to add to the deck i'm not entirely sure about that so this is like the first time i'm saying this just uh grab it with a uh, <laughs> like with a pinch of salt <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah so uh, it's there are uh, just a few cards uh, there are like 14 cards that have questions mm-hmm. um, and then there are cards that can be used uh, to get some inspiration in case you can't get out from your home because it's way too late, you are scared to go around the dark, or you may have some kind of problem with which you can't get there. Uh, I have like a set of cards that will uh, appear with the game that has photos from my city that I took, uh, and they look spooky enough for you to get some inspiration. <laughs> uh, so even if you don't go out, you can say, okay, let's all imagine we're on the place from this photo and get ideas from this. That's that's where the inspiration comes from. I have playtested this this game mostly online uh, because um, here in Argentina we're in winter and it's freezing cold at some times. So I have also played with people all around the world. So the principal way to try it out was uh, via Discord online. And that's how we have been managing to play. We say, okay, let's imagine we're all in the beach playing this. Oh, that's that's that, that's actually pretty neat. And as a Canadian, trust me, I know what cold is, so I understand. Yeah, uh, I understand your pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you surely get worse than here. You get used to it. I think there's a couple years ago we were colder than the surface of Mars, like three or four times during the winter time. Oh, that's terrifying! I <laughs> know, right? <laughs> you get used no, to yeah. it. No, uh, yeah. For context, for others that may not know, Argentina is literally on the other corner of the whole America. So, uh, from Canada, uh, so we're in the very south, but we don't get at least where I am from. Uh, we don't get nearly as much cold as you there in Canada. I can't oh. imagine how it's like. And that that I live in a coastal city, so we get all the cold from oh. the sea. Uh, but still, I don't think I get nearly as cold. To, to, to be honest, the one thing I've noticed because I, I I'm 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 a landlocked person. I've been I'm in the dead center of one of Canada. Um, but when I was in BC during like their I guess you could say winter, even though there was no snow on the ground or anything like that. When the air is cold by the ocean because it's so much more moist, I find it just hits you so it, it's so much colder in a different way. So Yeah. yeah the whole aridness or humid thing changes the whole thing a lot. 
Oh, yeah, it does. And it, it, it chilled me to the bones. Well, the other one, it's like, oh, I'll just throw in a coat. I'm fine. But no, I got cold for a long time when I was by yeah. the ocean. Um, also, you being from Argentina, I'm so jealous that you guys have such amazing coffee, by the way. Uh, we don't do coffee in here. Uh, Bra- Brazil guys- and Colombia does coffee. Uh, I am a fan of coffee, so I know a lot about that. I can talk for hours about it. <laughs> but that's really? not the subject of this podcast. No, uh, we could have a conversation about that. I really thought that Argentina had coffee. And uh, No. Oh. Uh, no, you need to be on uh, very high locations. Oh, yeah. Uh, about right. the level of the sea. And we here in Argentina are very close to the level of the sea. Uh, if you go next to the whole uh, Cordillera de los Andes, that is like a whole section of mountains that we have on the western side of our country, mm-hmm. you, I think that maybe you can create some coffee in there, but I have never heard about it. But if you go a bit to the north of here, to Bolivia, Ecuador, uh, Colombia, Brazil. Uh, those are all places in which you get some fantastic coffee. Okay. Good to know. That is uh, that is good to know. I I I I myself love coffee, but this is not what this uh, not what this podcast is about. That is totally a different podcast. Um, yeah. So I got I got to ask what. What inspired you to create this game? Because it is a really kind of a unique premise. Okay, so that's a, a whole story. Um, on the last days of February, I got laid off uh, from my work as a software engineer. And I didn't know what to do with uh, my time. I didn't know what to do with my future. I have been uh, writing stuff. I have been writing products for the TTRPG space. And mm-hmm. I have always wanted to try out doing game designing full time, but I was scared to do it. I was thinking on trying to do it while at work as a software engineer, but I never found the right time to do it, or I was just too um, stressed off from work or tired, and I didn't find the time. So by the moment I got laid off, I started thinking, well, this might be just the right moment to start doing this. And uh, I started writing weekly content that I put up in Patreon. Uh, I started writing more articles, uh, started being more active on the social media. And by the end of March, I just took a walk to the coastline because I needed some inspiration. And that whole work was like life changed for some reason. I got there um, by the time that the sun was setting on the horizon over the sea. And mm-hmm. I started seeing the moon arising from behind the sea. And as it kept going up, it was its whole light was being reflected on the sea. And I took a photo of it. I posted it on my stories on Instagram. And I wrote the phrase, what is it that lies beyond the immenseness of the dark? And believe it or not, that's when the idea came to my mind because I thought it was like a fantastic phrase that came out of my mind. And uh, on the whole wake, walk back home, I just started thinking a lot about how the game could be. And on that same walk, I also thought about like five other games that I'm planning for the future. But this is the one that I'm starting with. Oh, that is, that's actually, 
it's it's almost very poetic in a way. Eh? It, it, it's yeah. such, it's such a great story. God damn. <laughs> um, so did you have um just as you said you did a lot of writing, a lot of that. Uh, did you have any inspiration from any um any kind of like books, movies, any kind of those sorts of things while you're doing it? Uh, you to help mean you for like this game. Yeah, to help help kind of create the game itself. Um, I don't think I have like a an only inspiration. I took many things from different places. Um, for example, I think that the whole uh, questions aspect of the game that asks you questions and you start to build up from that, I took it mostly from For the Queen, um, a card game that is amazing and I got last year. And I think that I was playing like a week before I got this thing, got this game in my mind. So it may have been a huge inspiration for the whole um, aspect of this uh, horror creating. And oh, another one that I had tried out like on that same day, I think, uh, was uh, The Quiet Year, uh, which is another game about creating a whole area or town that is doomed to fail. And um, you create the whole things happening around it and how it gathers resources uh, all around cards that ask you questions to, to you and all the other players. So oh. those two games are the principal ones that I think I took the most inspiration from. Um, regarding games, uh, movies, or series, things like that, I'm not entirely sure I took many ideas from those things in particular. Uh, the thing that I mostly was inspired from was the whole aspect of uh, the horror of the unknown and what lies in the darkness and the uncertainty of what may be in there uh, is uh, a bit poetic and something that I have always liked about horror itself. So um, dropping it into this game was something that I, that was bound to happen. Yeah, no doubt. I'm not going to lie, that name, <clears throat> now that I know the backstory of the name, it's really growing on me a lot. Yeah, I intentionally made it long because I wanted it to be the part of the chanting that you had to say, and the longer the phrase, the easiest it is to be part of the chanting. Um, because uh, I had tried out doing the chanting with some friends, and we always suck at it at the beginning. And by the time that uh, you uh, have done like four rounds of this uh, card game, you start to get really good at it, and you coordinate a lot, and it's scary in a way. You are oh. all <laughs> going to be part of a ritual very soon. That, that's I, I I really like that you did that. Like you've almost created like with because you know especially with horror, there's always and a lot of it there's that kind of ritual that rituals that tend to be almost like input into the horror, and you've almost t- taken that and built your game around that idea too. And it's, I've never really seen a mechanic like that, or I've never seen a game try and do something like that. Um, but it, 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 it just sounds almost like a little enthralling. Yeah, I'm not going to take all the merits from that because uh, that whole <laughs> chanting thing, I took it from the game 10 Candles, which is another horror game that I really liked. Uh, I totally recommend it as well, uh, about uh, 
having 10 candles around your table and the whole game keeps going until the 10 candles are, um, uh, how do you say, to turn them off? Yeah, well, uh, they blow out. They blow out, yes. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, that's, uh, and as long as the game keeps going, you do some sort of chanting as well. And that whole thing, I adored it from that game, so I had to get it into my game as well. That that is actually really cool. Uh, my co-host Finder, he actually he 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 played Ten Candles and he absolutely loved it, and he thought it was such an ex amazing experience. Uh, we might have to try and uh, play some play a little bit of this. So I can I'm sure I can rope him in for this, so he would love it. Oh yeah, I would love to. That'd be a lot of fun. So, within the game itself, is there anything uh, that you you're especially proud of when talking about either mechanics or even just the narration of it? Well, there are two things that I'm certainly proud of uh, that I have managed to accomplish with this game almost accidentally, uh, which is firstly the whole thing about. Um, going out to some place and taking inspiration from your surroundings. That mm -hmm. was something that came to my mind and I have never seen something like that in any other TTRPG game or other similar game. Yeah. Uh, so that is certainly something that I really much liked about this one. And another thing that I did and I haven't said it still is that uh, once you start playing the game, you have to go out, find the place that you're playing in and just like I did on that day that this game came to my mind, you have to take a picture of the place you're playing in. On some place that is lit up, but the, as soon as you start going a bit outside, outside where you are playing in, the darkness starts to engulf the light. Oh, so cool. you take a, a photo from that place and <laughs> you keep it in your cell phone until the very end of the game, once you have the whole horror created. And when the game ends, uh, there is a card, the final card, that says that the horror attacks and how you defend yourself uh, from the monster, or how society defends itself from the monster. And every one of the players has to say its own opinion about how the society can defend themselves, if it can, from the horror that they have created. And finally, you have to get the photo from your phone and pass it around for to all the other players via any messaging app and they all have to draw on their own phones the image that they have on their head of the monster oh that's every, cool every time uh, that i have played this game all players have a very different image of how the monster looks like it's impressive because the whole um, perspective of where you are seeing it from or your the backstory, the whole thing that you have lived in your life, or things that you think that the other players meant when saying an answer to one question may affect uh, the way that you think about this horror. So, um, for example, one of the times that I have played playtested this, I playtested it with some friends uh, around an abandoned hospital. And oh. we all uh, thought of the creature that may loom in that place at the dark. And from what we were saying, 
I had a mental image of some kind of dog or wolf being that could track their uh, the other their preys. Mm. Uh, my friends had thought of a humanoid creature for some reason, and uh, like they that creature could uh, could pretty much be some kind of shadow entity, and uh, it's it's really weird how we all had a very different idea of how this creature looked like and it sort of creates some uh, certain um, levity from uh, after playing the game you all see how each uh, person imagined the creature and that may uh, tend to create some laughter or things like that in case that the game uh, becomes like too scary or whatever um, and that's usually some uh, <laughs> fantastic way to end the game so what you're saying is it's horrible for camping trips. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say horrible. It was certainly it, yeah, a lot of fun. <laughs> until you got to go to sleep at night. That's why I'm saying that. Possibly, because you're describing a creature that may loom in that very same place that you are camping in. So, yeah, That's you could cool. be scared of that. That's why I also um, have, a, have it in my rules, a whole section about safety. That includes mm -hmm. the whole lines and bail system and the S card system in case you may need of those um, when you're playing. And if you uh, start to get uh, saying some uncomfortable thing for one of the players, uh, you can just uh, tap the S card or say it before on the while you are stating the lines and bails of the game, yeah. um, so you don't approach those themes uh, and make someone uncomfortable or make someone no that, play. that makes a lot of sense it's actually kind of uh interesting because while you're talking and telling about how you know especially drawing the monster that everyone kind of has in their head i it kind of remind me of almost kind of um something that hp lovecraft did in his novels which was he he left a lot to he only gave enough of a description so that it can kind of start populating an idea in your head, but he left a lot of exactly. the thoughts to the person itself, because no matter what you write down, whatever is in someone's head, they can always think of something worse because it's, you know, it's their own thoughts is what scares them. And I, I really like that, that idea. Yeah, imagination is our most powerful powerful weapon. Oh, so, it yeah, I took a lot of inspiration from a Lovecraftian literature in the way that all questions in these cards are very uh, broad in the way that they ask the questions, so that your imagination can go wild while trying to create it. Um, and every time that I played it, we all came out with extremely different monster even though we're using the same very cards um <laughs> and that's a ton of fun uh, because of the people you're playing with because of the place that you're playing in and because the mood that you may be in while playing i suppose um and yeah i i can see how you imagine this being sort of um similar to lovecraftian literature yeah, no, that, that that's that's re that's really cool. I'm I'm really loving your ideas that you have in this game. I think it's it's a really fresh approach to games, uh, especially with you know the fact that like throughout the pandemic, a lot of us were stuck inside, and you're really kind of trying to, without actually making it seem like it's the true intention of the game, you're really kind of 
you're getting people to go out and explore and adventure into the world. Uh, and I really, I, I really appreciate that in a game. I think that's a really cool idea. Yeah, something that I was thinking while I was planning and writing the whole uh, rules about this going out thing to find a place uh, was certainly the whole pandemic aspect of we have all been uh, on our homes for a very long time. And many of us, in a certain way, may feel uncomfortable going out still. So a game that encourages you to go out could help in a way uh, do that. And even if you are still uncomfortable and don't want to go out, there are cards in there that uh, may get you the necessary inspiration to get the game going without having to get there and find the eerie or mysterious place. Oh, that's cool. So while while you're designing the game, did you have any roadblocks that like any challenges within the game that you kind of got stuck on? And if you did, how how did you end up solving them? Um, about that, uh, yeah. One one thing that was a bit challenging for me was coming out with all questions uh, to, uh, that the whole players have to answer. Uh, because um, you have, you can have a lot of questions, but at a certain point, uh, you are starting to repeat yourself. <laughs> so I just um, grabbed the questions that I thought uh, were separate in, enough one from the other, and uh, I tried the game out with these. Uh, there are 14 uh, cards with questions, and I thought that the duration of the game was just perfect because. Most of the games that I have played in have lasted from 30 to 50 minutes. Uh, I wrote uh, in the whole um, promoting of the game that this game lasts between 30 minutes and an hour and 30. I haven't yet gotten that far because I haven't (laughs) played with that many players. Uh, But I want to try it out uh, as the campaign keeps going and I may update it if I um, get to play with that many players. Yeah. And but I imagine that if you are playing with like 12, 13 players, it may get a bit more chaotic and um it may last longer because they all are going to have a lot of ideas. That's really cool. So when's the when's the Kickstarter start? The Kickstarter starts uh, this next Monday, which is uh June the twelfth, I think. Which for our listeners, if you're listening to it on the day of the release, that is today. So uh, go check it out for sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah go check it out and tell me what you think about it. Yeah. No, uh, I'll have to. Uh, as long uh, as long as everything works out, if you guys look at the description of this episode, you should see a link to the Kickstarter there. And if it's not there on day one, hopefully I'll have it up on day two. I'll update it with that information. Because thank you. No problem. This is just this is I I'm trying to think of the best way to put this, but I'm I'm honestly just like I love unique ideas. And this idea just is very unique. And it's something that I personally have never really seen. So I I, I'm so excited for this. Like you got a background of me. Okay, so stay <laughs> with the seat seatbelt on because I have like three more unique ideas that I haven't seen in the TTRPG space that I'm playing out for later uh, in this year or next year. Uh, so in other I, words, we're going to be good friends. 
I would love that. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you ever want to play some game, be it this one or any other game, be it from horror theme or whatever, I'm all in. Yeah, no, I'm going to I'm gonna have to talk to uh, Finder and we're going to have to play this because this sounds like a lot of fun. That would be great. Yeah. Uh, I have one last question for you just before we finish up here. Okay, go uh, ahead. So for anyone who is either interested in getting into the tabletop industry or creating your your own game or their own game, what would be a little, what would be the, if you could give one bit of advice for it, what would you give them? Um, one advice, let's see. Yeah. Uh, firstly, first and foremost, I want to say that if you are a DM or GM, you are already doing uh, game designing because all the whole things that you are going doing for your own table are aren't that far away from coming out for your own ideas for game. Oh, so um, just go there, try to grab inspiration from the movies, uh, series, or your surroundings in general. Because if you live in some unique place, you may get uh, a lot of different ideas that another person may not have, maybe from your own culture, if uh, you're not part of some uh, place uh, that is always appearing on television or the movies. Um, <laughs> things like that are always great as well, because we all like, at least I do, uh, understanding more about the different cultures around the world. That is, that is very good advice. Um... Yeah, no, I I really like that actually. I've never actually thought of it that way. Uh, but you're you're right. If you have GM'd or DM'd or whatever you want to call it in the past, I guess you, technically you haven't. Especially since a lot of uh, GMs they end up homebrewing their own rules to best fit. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. That's, I that's uh, before starting GMing, in fact, I have always been a great fan of video game designing. And oh, yeah. I really loved level design particularly. And I applied a whole ton of things about level designing to my encounters uh, in my own games. Uh, oh, that's if you, cool. If you want to know more about that, there are tons of videos about level design or video game design out there that you can see, watch, or whatever. And uh, try applying those to your games. I, I have even created articles on Tribality about how I applied level design to my own campaigns and why you should do it as well. So check them out if you want to as well. That is so cool. And if you send me those links, I will put them in the also into the comments, uh, all into the description below. Just because okay. honestly, this this is just awesome. I love it. I love everything you've said. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> but on that note, folks, uh, again, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I've had a blast here. I hope you've had a blast here too. Um, but on that note, folks, have a great day and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.